Welcome. This is my truth as a platform for honest, open conversations. The stories I share or that others share are often not spoken about or discussed, but once told, I believe they have the ability to shine a light on another perspective or a much needed conversation. These stories may make us laugh, some may make us cry, but together we will learn from one another and begin to heal. Because walls need to be torn down, masks need to come off, stories need to be heard in order for our truths to be told. This is my truth. Will you tell me yours? Hello, hello, podcast world. Welcome back to This Is My Truth. I'm your host, Jesse Sherleff, and today I'm really honored to share with you a conversation that I had with Crystal Webster. Crystal is a fellow fertility warrior. She's also a mama who experienced the death of her daughter, Madeline Elizabeth, and Madeline died in Crystal's arms and the journey that Crystal went through in her grieving process, you know, gives me hope that when I experience death again, because I will, because unfortunately it's a fact of life, that we're all able to find meaning and purpose in that loss. Because as Crystal and I talk about, while it took her some time to to find that purpose, she actually created this amazing organization. Actually, she co-founded this amazing organization and her co-founder is actually her daughter, which I just love on so many levels. And this organization creates community for people that are honestly, you know, I don't want to say the grief is so isolating. And, and while there's a lot of support in the beginning when you lose somebody or the death of somebody you love, It's the aftermath, right? It's like when the world goes back to normal, when you feel the most isolated, or that's when I did. And so the fact that Crystal has this organization to help create community um, and remind people that they're not alone in this journey is just amazing. So if our conversation resonates with you or you feel like it would resonate with somebody or someone needs to hear it, please pass this episode along. And if it resonated with you, I'd love to hear what resonated Um, or feel free to share on social and I'll repost. Or I would also love for you to leave a rating and review. Um, And with that, I will leave you with my conversation with Crystal. Hi, Crystal. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited. I am too. Um, And I just, for everyone who cannot see you, because this will be audio, you have like the best flowers. Like like you logged on and you just made me so happy. So thank you. (laughs) I do what I can. (laughs) 
Um, well, I'd like to start these conversations by asking the question, what is the truth that you would like to share today? Uh, that's kind of a loaded question to start with, don't you think? I, it is. I like to, I like to start, just dig in. Yeah, makes sense. Um, my, my truth that I, I want to share because I think people need to know is that grief, my larger curse. Yes. Yes. Effing sucks. And, and also you grow from that and it becomes you the most beautiful person if you choose to let it. And I think that that is what I've learned in my journey of life. But I don't think a lot of people like to talk about it. No. And as someone who you know, for the better part of six years, did not talk about the loss of my own son. Um, I can speak from experience that I didn't like to talk about it, but I'm so grateful for people that do talk about it because I think in and of itself, there's, there's healing there. Um, so tell me a little bit about your journey. So my journey sounds very similar to yours. It started a decade ago. Um, I was pregnant with our first child. Everything was easy peasy, lemon squeezy, um, up to 32 weeks pregnant. And then we heard those words that no one ever should hear. Um, at a routine ultrasound, we heard, something's not right, I'm going to go talk to the doctor. Wow. And my life pretty much unraveled from there. Um, Two weeks later, on May 19th, 2010, my beautiful daughter, Madeline Elizabeth, was born. Luckily, she was born alive, which we didn't know if that was going to be the case or not. Um, and she passed away the next day in my arms. Come to find out, it was from a genetic condition that I have and passed on to her. And because of that genetic condition, um, she is and always will be my only child, my only, you know, biological child. And that was, I don't even think traumatizing is the right word, but you, if you've never gone through it, you, you can't, like, you can't get it. Um, I was... I was a hot mess. I don't know how else to say it. I, I, I lived my life waiting to die. Um, to be with my daughter. You know, I thought this is in a, at a very basal, you know, very bottom of the board. Like I'm a woman, I'm here to do one thing yeah. and I can't do that one thing. Why the hell am I here? kind of thing. Um, you know, and I, and that's not to be political. I, 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 those aren't my honest beliefs. Just when you're in that deep pit of despair, that's where your mind goes. Yeah. And so that's, that's where my grief comes from. Grieving the loss of my daughter, grieving the loss of how I envision my life to be, grieving the loss of you know, having a family in a traditional sense, 
um, it just, it sucked. It still sucks. I mean, it, it still sucks. I'm not going to say it any other way. But it's okay that it sucks. And sometimes you just have to sit in that suck to realize that you can, you can't, you can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you respond to what happened to you. Wow. Can you say that again? I think that's so important. You can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you react to what happens to you. Yes. Well, first of all, thank you for sharing. And I know there is literally nothing that can be said to take away or to, to put myself in your shoes. But I so appreciate you sharing. And I know, you know, I'm sorry is not even enough. Like there's no words in the human dictionary. And even though I've been through a similar situation myself, I like find myself with like not the right words. Um, so just thank you. And I'm giving you a, a virtual hug. Oh, thank you. I, I love hugs, virtual <laughs> or in person. <laughs> in 2027, when we can all see each other in person again. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, well, oh my gosh, there's so much, there's so much to unpack here. So when your story resonates with me on so many different levels, um, you know, while all of our experiences are unique, um, when my oldest is a, is a twin and we lost our son. Um, and they thought it was a genetic condition. Um, and we had actually, so we went through IVF for both of our children. And so with all of that comes a maraud of testing. And so I actually did have a marker for something, but my husband didn't. So we thought we were in the clear, you know, as like one does when you don't understand any of this. And then, you know, we're not supposed to, come on, <laughs> right? that's what medical professionals are for. I know way more than I ever thought that I would know about genetics and genome sequencing and all the things. Yep. Um, so I, when you said that you were at that appointment, I, like it literally took me back to the appointment where they didn't even tell me that. Like you just, you know, when you get that gut instinct and you're like, there's something wrong, like they kept measuring and I'm like, what are they doing? And it was my first pregnancy. Like I didn't know what the hell was going on, but I instinctually knew something was wrong. And so like, I got goosebumps when you said that. Cause I was like, I, I know, I know what that's like. I know. What Mother's that's like. intuition starts like immediately. Yeah. So yeah. true. So true. And I think what's coming up for me is, you know, as you were telling your story and, you know, for other people who have not been in your shoes, right, or been in similar experiences, what you've been through, you know, I often say that, like, when I was going through it, I had no idea why the hell I was going through it, you know, but I do remember this, like, little voice telling me, like, you will understand. You don't understand now. You will understand. And I remember like giving it the middle finger. <laughs> it's like, fuck off voice. Um, like I just wanted to wallow and I wanted it to, you know, 
honestly, I didn't even necessarily want to wallow. I just wanted to build a wall and move on. And so when you said like sitting in your grief, that actually brought up a visceral reaction to me because I'm the opposite where I don't want to sit in my emotions. I would rather like build up a wall, compartmentalize and move on. And so like, what does that mean? I mean, and I did the exact same thing. I think that is, it, it's almost like your fight or flight mm-hmm. and you instantly go to, I was the queen of finding crap to do so that my mind wouldn't, you know, wouldn't work. Yeah. And wouldn't think about it, wouldn't wallow in it. Um, but I got to the point that I just couldn't come up with any more stuff to do. Like I, I, you know how sometimes you're like, okay, I've seen, I, I went to the end of the internet. I felt like I went to the end of the internet of things to keep my mind busy. Um, and, and you talked about losing your, your, your son, who was a twin. Again, going through basically the same thing. And I've been through IVF three times. I mean, like our stories are so similar. And I've often like sat down and thought, okay, which is worse? Losing your first and only child, losing a child that's not an only child. Like there is no worse in that situation. Losing one of a twin, losing both twins, like there is no worse. They're all just bad. Shitty. Just super shitty, yeah. and I, and I hate the term lose or like the pat, like I didn't lose my daughter. I know exactly where she is. She is dead. <laughs> like, and so, you know, and she didn't pat, like it wasn't an exam. <laughs> She's dead. Like that's how that works. But sometimes, you know, like society tells you, don't use death positive language. That's shocking. Yeah. Okay. So is death. True. And we're all going to die. We're all going to I mean, like, nobody gets out of life alive. So true. Some of us just, you know, do it all prim and proper. And some of us just, like, skid in sideways. <laughs> um, yeah. So I totally forgot your question. I know there was a question in there somewhere. I, yeah, I, honestly, I, so did I. Um, so what... So you started, you know, when you said your truth and you were you're talking about grief and it, the way that I interpreted sort of what you're saying was that there was a turning point for you and you're able to sort of, I'm putting words in your mouth. So this is not what you said, but it, you're, you're able to look at it in a positive light or, or in, in that, again, that is not what you said, but um, in a way where you were able to make sense. Maybe that's a better way of saying it. You were able to make sense of what happened um, to you. What what did that journey look like? So there's two quotes that I think of when you just one um, that that I just think are pertinent and I want to share. And yeah. I, I might screw them up. Um, one is everything happens. You find the reason. Not everything happens for a reason. Everything happens, and you find the reason. And then the other one, actually I have it written down. So let me 
Let me pull it up so that I don't mess it up. Okay. You either get better or you get bitter. It's that simple. You either take what you've been dealt and allow it to make you a better person or you allow it to tear you down. The choice does not belong to fate. It belongs to you. And that's by Josh Shipp. Um, but I think everyone kind of has to go through the bitter and they either stay in bitter or they choose to move towards better. Um, I think, like I said before, I was living my life waiting to die for like five years. And then one day I was like, I, I either need to fish or cut bait here. <laughs> like pick one either die or be alive. And that realization was like, well, I'm, I'm too, I'm too wimpy to do the die one. So I guess I might as well live. Um, and I think that everyone that goes through really anything, but especially traumatic grief, they kind of come to that realization at some point. They you know, they dug themselves into the bottom of a hole and they realize they either need to start climbing out or that's where they're going to live. Um, and so that's kind of, that's kind of where I ended up. I literally got to the deepest, you know, I, I hit rock bottom and even went deeper than rock bottom and was like, okay, I got to make a decision here. What did rock bottom look like for you? Rock bottom went through going through the motions. It was doing the least amount humanly possible to get from one nap to the next. It was waking up looking at my calendar and saying, okay, I have one appointment today. First of all, how can I cancel it? Or if I do have to take it, you know, like that's, that's it. There was no, like I wasn't seeking ways to find joy or gratitude in my life. I was just existing. Yeah. And it's exhausting just existing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was just, just, I was dead to the world and wasn't interested in talking. I, I wasn't interested in not even adulting. I wasn't interested in humaning. Like I had to constantly be reminded, have you eaten today? Have you showered today? Have you had any water today? You know? Yeah. And you can live like that for a while, but at some point you have to quit having your own pity party. So how do you go from that place to today where you have this vibrant, beautiful flower, you know, and a big smile on your face and, you know, what, what did that journey look like for you? I mean, I can tell you my journey. I can't tell you the journey. You know, kind of like, <laughs> yeah. I can tell you my truth. I can't tell you it's the truth. Just that's 100%. Um, 
one, it took me hitting rock bottom and realizing, okay, I have to make a decision here and choosing the, the better, in, in my eyes, the better of the options. Um, and then just taking baby steps. Okay, I didn't get out of bed today, yesterday. What if I get out of bed today and move to the sofa? And if I do that, that's a win. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, yesterday I got up at noon. Maybe I can get out of bed at 11.45 today and move to the sofa. Um, you know, just, just always trying to be better than I was the day before. Um, and there are actually two things that really, looking back on it, you know, going through it, I had no idea. But looking back on it, I realized, okay, those were the two things that really made me turn that corner. Um, one of them was journaling. Uh, gratitude journaling, to be completely honest. Um, because it helped me stay present. Helped me look at what was going on right now in my life today. Um, and the other one was going to the gym. Like, but not because I was going to the gym and working out, just because I was, like, that was the least, least I had to do to leave the house. Mm-hmm. You know? It's like, okay, I haven't left the house in a week. That plays with your mind. Yeah. Especially now as we're going through COVID. 100%. Um, leaving the house is, and having human interaction, even though you're not even interacting with anyone, is palpable. So those are the, those are the two. I mean, then I will preach those. Well, and of course, I'm on medication and I see a therapist. Like those are and I will preach those, those are like my four pillars. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. And for me, when I was going through, you know, my journey and my healing process, like writing and not even journaling, but just like writing what I call like moments and, and being able to, to take, to find that meaning, right. To, to go back to your, that quote that I, I love, um, you find that that helped me find the reason of a lot of things. And so I, yes, like love that. I'm curious if you experience this. When I started to tell my story, you know, even in one-on-one situations or, and then like, as I started to tell my story, you know, in broader forums, one of my hesitations was, you know, when I was telling people on one-on-ones, like, I come from a family that we don't talk about our emotions. So like people didn't know how to react and therefore then I didn't know how to react and it was awkward for everybody. Um, And then the other thing I experienced was that it was triggering for other people, which then triggered me. And I'm curious, like, have you had similar experiences? Yes, I have. Um, It took me a very... It took me a very long time to get to the point that I could say Madeline Elizabeth's name without instantly breaking down in tears. Um, and I also didn't want to be the the Debbie Downer all the time. 
Mm-hmm. You know, there's something very powerful and, and like, even though I have no kids here on earth, I am a mother and always will be a mother. That's my perspective. Um, and so moms want to take care of their kids. Mm-hmm. I don't care how old you are, or how old the kids are. Like, I feel like I needed to be able to say her name. And so once I got to the point of being able to do, and, and at some, you know, at some point it did kind of, I was able to start saying her name and not break down into tears. I just, well, my eyes would well up and then, okay, well. Um, so yeah, I mean, but I, I also realized that it is not my job as the griever to pacify you. Um, Cause I've had, you know, I've, I mean, I've, I've told my story before and I've had people just break down in front of me and I'm like, Oh, it's okay that my daughter died. <laughs> yeah. You find you're, that. you're comforting them and you're like, this yeah. is, I'm like, wait a minute, this is all about me. <laughs> like if there's one thing that the world gets to be like, this is mine. <laughs> um, and there's actually a scientific principle around that. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I just kind of, uh, you just kind of learn to adapt and you kind of, I think the big thing to me was being able to find a way to talk about Madeline in a positive way mm-hmm. and say, this happened to me. My daughter is not here on earth. And because of that, I now get to do this really cool thing. And that was the, I hate to say turning point or the corner, but I mean, it really was. Like once I was able to say, okay, now I can talk about Madeline in a positive, uplifting way. All I want to do is talk about her. I love that. I also love her name. I love the name Madeline. Yeah, I'm a little partial. <laughs> It'd be real awkward if you're like, actually. Yeah, actually. <laughs> Months and months went into picking that name. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, we, this is a total sidebar, but um, my oldest is Lucy Susan after my grandmother and my husband's mom. And then our son Clark is after, it's his mom's maiden name. And that was the only boy's name we could agree on. And we've always said, if we ever have a third kid and it is a boy, like this kid is screwed because... I've got nothing. <laughs> yep. I feel the same way about, so we had, we didn't know Madeline was going to be a girl until, we weren't going to find out until she was born, but then yeah. shit happened. Um, and so we decided to find out once we knew it wasn't going to turn out. But we had one girl's name and it took us a while to come up with that one. The boy's name was like, this is the main because <laughs> it is, part my husband's name and part my, you know, his family and my family put together and, and almost a silver lining at the time was, okay, we can save that name for somebody else, like for, for their sibling. Um, now that never came to be, uh, but I remember having a conversation with my husband and he was like, I'm, I'm really kind of glad that Madeline was a girl because for all of the reasons that dad, dads love their little girls. And also because of this name. Yeah. Um, 
And it actually turns out that the initials of the boy's and the girl's name were the same. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love that. We didn't, I didn't realize that until, you know, like a couple years ago. Like, oh, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, well, you, you mentioned, you know, because of Madeline, you're able to do this really cool thing. What is that really cool thing? Um, so I started sharing solace. Well, I, I am the co-founder of an organization called Sharing Solace. The other co-founder is my daughter, Madeline Elizabeth. Um, oh my God, so, I love that. <laughs> well, the reason being is that this is, it, again, I'm gonna sound like crazy and biased, but I really think that this is such a cool idea and I am not that creative. I am not that smart. I am not that cool. Like there's no way that I should have been able to come up with this. It was all her doing and she just told me what to do. And still to this day, I feel like Madeline's up there being the puppeteer, just, you know, and I'm just doing what she tells me to do sometimes. Yeah. But so sharing solace is we help grievers grieve and lovers love their griever um, through tangible gifts and a meaningful community to back up those gifts. Um, with a, so I have an, I wear a necklace, but we also have a keychain. And the idea is that you keep it near your heart as long as it brings you comfort. And then when it doesn't do that anymore, you're actually supposed to op uh, open up the locket take out the middle token, put that middle token into a new locket and pay that new locket forward on to somebody else you know that needs love and support as they go along their own grief journey. I love that. I absolutely love that. I think grief is, I don't want to say taboo, but I, I do think- I'll say it. Grief is taboo. <laughs> it's just such a, it's polarizing and yes, it is taboo, right? And people are so fearful of it. And I love that. And it's so isolating when you're going through it. And, you know, I can speak to, to my experience, my journey. I felt, you know, even though I had a, a partner and, you know, Greg was going through his own journey and his own shit. And I was just, like, I felt so alone in all of that. Um, and so I love the community aspect and I love the, the pay it forward of, you know, you're not, you're not necessarily alone in this and it's okay if you want to deal with it alone. Like it's, it's your own journey, but you have people here to support you if and when you need it. Grief is so unique and universal. Yes. I mean, who is it? Is it Ben Franklin that says, there are two things for certain in life, grief uh, or death and taxes. I, well, I, I'm terrible with quotes, but like yeah. I've heard that quote before. Yeah. Well, I mean, both of those, death and taxes, causes grief. So <laughs> there must be a third certain in life. Yeah. So true. Um, Crystal, thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, I just have this vision of Madeline and Clark playing together and I think it's happening. And so thank I'm you. Playing together. I bet Madeline is up there bossing Clark around. Probably because I always picture Clark to be like my very gentle, 
uh, I have two very strong willed daughters. And so I picture Clark to be very, um, I don't want to say passive, but like very like gentle. <laughs> yes. Yes. A good masculine energy. Um, so yes, I, I think that is actually what's happening. <laughs> Um, how can people continue to follow you on your journey? Um, find me on social media. That's probably the best way to do it. Obviously, the website is uh, sharingsolace.com. And then Facebook and Instagram are probably the best social media outlets. I try to post at least five times a week on Instagram with a positive, uplifting, sometimes snarky quote <laughs> as just kind of a, you know, uh, a pick-me-up during the day. Well, if nothing else, it helps me remember to be uplifted and, and positive. Hey, you always, what do they say? You teach what you need. Mm -hmm. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Crystal. I've, I loved this conversation. Thank you. This was awesome. Thank you so, so much. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. If something in the conversation resonated with you, please, please share it with a friend that you think needs to hear this conversation. Feel free to tag me on social media. Let me know how you're listening, where you're listening, and what resonated. Tag me at This Is My Truth Podcast or feel free to shoot me a DM. And because we're a new podcast and this shit matters, I would love for you to leave me a rating and review. Tell me how you truly feel. This entire podcast is about vulnerability and authenticity. So let me know how you really feel and give me some feedback. I really appreciate it. <laughs>